What's up, everybody? This is Lola Ojabwale, founder of Lunch Pail Labs. Welcome back to Lunch Pail Daily, my personal audio diary on growing a digital product studio powered by no and low code. In today's episode, we're going to jam about automated testing for no code apps and that potentially becoming a service. So background, Gartner predicts that by 2024, almost 70% of application development will be made with no and low code. Suffice to say, no code has seen a meteoric rise in these past few years and may soon become a very large part of working in businesses of all sizes. I've worked on no code products that were just getting started all the way to more mature products with thousands of monthly visitors. I've seen that there are a few challenges a team may encounter as their no-code app matures. And I tease some of these from Lessons from Code for No-Code, which is an episode I did a while ago on a blog post, which I will link with some of what I think might be some more opportunities in the no-code space. And options for automated testing are one of them. Luckily, this space is so quickly evolving, and there are a few tools that I've been looking at in my own day-to-day work I'll link them again as well, but the best I've found are Preflight, Ghost Inspector, and Waldo. And outside of that, I've really been thinking there is an opportunity for a productized service here, and here's why. Yes, automated testing tools exist. They do take time to set up, time that people may not care to invest in. Honestly, in my experience working with clients and companies, even if something is relatively easy, or they could spend a few hours figuring it out or doing it. If they have the funds, it's just something that they may want to outsource. So I think there might be some opportunity, especially for folks in the no-code space who may not even have like a QA team, or I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these these organizations that are born out of no-code apps, how they decide to organize around their work. So I think there might be some opportunity there. A lot of these tools are also priced and positioned as an alternative to like engineering QA. So they're disruptively cheaper than like an engineering QA specialist or team, but really are kind of on the more expensive side for a very small team, or maybe someone coming from a more no-code context. So for context, like Bubble, for example, it's $25 a month to launch the app. And some of these tools, even on the lighter paylands, are $100 to $200 a month to have like this automated testing. And so weighing costs and benefits, like, whoa, paying this much just to host my app and build my app and have a platform for that and paying like four to five times as much um, for testing may not make sense to a lot of people. Honestly, I think for like the maker who's just getting started, testing themselves um, and crossing their fingers is probably still going to continue to be the best option, even potentially in this like testing as a service world I'm thinking of. Um, And at the end of the day, if you're not making any real money from your product and or there aren't really a lot of people using their your product, testing manually may be the way to go instead of investing in these automated testing tools. But I still think there might be an opportunity for someone to come in, build a a service on top of an automated testing tool, maybe buy a really, really large plan of unlimited tests and apps, and then 
sell a package that's setting up your tasks, running the tasks, and maybe a little dashboard or alert of how it's going. In terms of who that would be for, I think it would be still for more mature products that have users and are revenue generating, but maybe at the point of hiring consistent QA already have um, some consistent QA. And I think there's going to be a growing crop of no code apps, no and low code apps. I've certainly worked on these sort of sort of apps where we have brought in just like someone to run through flows and make sure they work <laughs> as expected multiple times a week, which is a um, it is an investment that probably could be done more efficiently in an automated way. So I think that's who would be the buyer of that. I think the the mar or like the the opportunity there as no code and low code increasingly become part of the way we maybe do business and stuff um, will continue to grow. And so, yeah, those are really just some thoughts I had. I actually wrote an atomic essay on automated testing, and we'll see if that gets any engagement. And then if it does, maybe my next iteration there, it would be like a how-to on automated testing or like an atomic essay on why we need a productized service for automated testing before spending any time actually going through the, like the logistics of figuring it out. Regardless, Lola, Lynchpill Labs, we're going to be using a lot of these tools uh, for the products that we're kind of managing that are in production, because uh, that just saves us much so much more time than so much more time. And I think it's going to be a lot more accurate than having um, like, yeah, doing what we've been doing, which is contracting to someone to run through the app and have like a checklist of like, did you look at this flow? Did you look at this flow? And if this kind of model of, hey, I wrote an atomic essay, see if it gets any interest on just like the topic and then going to higher levels of fidelity and um, usefulness, I guess, for someone who may be actually trying to like use the idea or like benefit from a product there, then at a high level, I think it might help me start to form potentially my own framework for writing as a tool, especially for studios or makers for quickly getting insight on product ideas worth building out further, worth attention. So um, excited to see how all of that goes and we'll report back in a future episode. So hope everyone has a very, very merry Wednesday. That's all it, that's all from your girl and I will catch you all later.